0: the minnesota vikings beat a big boy and the philadelphia eagles lost their undefeated streak and uh did tyler heineke flop uh trey wingo texted me late last night to tell me that i'm crazy for even suggesting it he might not be wrong but it did cost me one of my legs on an eight-leg parlay so on that note let's bring trey in here and uh let's talk a a little bit about that trey am i crazy he didn't flop that's not that wasn't a flop
1: Um, you're crazy because his name is Taylor Heineke. I keep calling him Tyler. You keep calling him Tyler. His name is Taylor Heineke. He didn't flop. The Eagles just screwed it up. I was on with WIP earlier today. They screwed it up. Like we we can go into a million different machinations, right? About why the Eagles lost that game and the Brandon Graham hit on Taylor Heineke. Taylor Heineke, <laughs> when he'd already given himself up, was an easy call because, <clears throat> excuse me, not only was it a late hit, it was a lit hit to the head and neck. So that's easy. Yeah, they The Eagles lost that game because they possessed the ball less than 20 minutes. The commanders held the ball for over 40 minutes on Monday night. Uh, before this game, the Eagles had turned it over a grand total of three times all season. They turned it over four times in this game uh they had 80 they had uh, 47 plays to the commanders 81 they had 67 fewer yards and seven fewer first downs if we're being honest about it eagles got kicked they're (laughs) very fortunate that they lost by the score that they lost by
0: yeah well uh tell that to my wallet all right that's that's all that's all I
1: do not care about your wallet. Like that's I, the beauty of this. Your wallet has no <laughs> significance to me at all. That's a choice you made it's and true. good for you. And by the way, for the record going forward, I hope your wallet does very well. I at appreciate the, end of the that. day at the end of the day, the Eagles lost because they didn't play well enough. <laughs> that's, uh,
0: that's how it happens. Well, look, speaking, speaking of my wallet, just before we came on the uh, air here, I did submit my, uh, my piece for tomorrow night, Thursday night football. Uh, to Pro Football Network, the hold on. I'm, I'm eating a popable. Go ahead. Oh, yeah, no the the esteemed team of editors we have there. It's now in their lovely hands before it hits published tomorrow. Previewing tomorrow night's Thursday night football game. For those of you who've been reading my pieces all year, I use my sports betting model to see how that model is doing. You need to be following me on Pickett, our good friends at Pickett. Make sure you join Pro Football Network on Pickett, the best bet tracking app on the market. And it's 100% free. It's a great community, guys, where all the bettors come together. I engage with everybody on there. We talk about the success, and it is a successful sports betting model hitting uh, 60% of the time. And uh, you can track all of your bets. You could track all of my bets uh, across all the different sports books and automatically sync with Caesar Sportsbook. And if you follow me on there, you'll see that's where I exclusively place all of my bets. Join Pickett today using code PFN365. It is completely free, but on top of that, just for joining using promo code PFN365, you'll get a chance to win up to $100 just for downloading the free app. Trey, it doesn't get better than that.
1: No, it doesn't. And uh thank you for using Caesar Sports. As you know, I'm the Chief Trends Officer and brand ambassador for Caesar Sportsbook. And uh, yeah, I think things are good. And uh, we'll see what happens going forward. I want your wallet to be successful. Yeah. Brett, that's the most important thing I want to get across in this show. I know. No matter whatever the information we share and the the numbers that I give to you and the data that I have, more, more importantly than anything else, I just want you to be successful.
0: I feel that. Every time you say it, I, I feel it uh, deep down. One love, head.
1: Brettiverse, one love. I
0: appreciate that. All right. Well, look. Let's get into the segment well, It's time to learn. Uh, we started last week with our our third quarter of the season, second half of the season uh, terms. Here, believe, doubt, or do we need some more? Uh, Trey, did the Tom Brady led Buccaneers get back on track here? They're now back to five hundred. I gotta ask you. Do you believe? Do you maybe doubt a little bit, or do we still need to see more as we get into the second half of the season to determine whether or not they are a contender?
1: I believe. And it's, it's a it, – well, I mean, that can't be a surprise because of where they play. They're in the NFC South. Brett, I don't know if you've heard, but by rule, one team is going to make the postseason from the <laughs> NFC South. Like, maybe more than one, probably not, but one team is guaranteed to make the postseason in the NFC South. And it's probably going to be the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I believe in them because I understand – the reality of the situation, they are not a good team. They're an average team, which is indicated by their 500 record. But they play in the NFC South, where an average team is chef's kiss good. So, yeah, as long as they don't keep calling plays to throw to Tom Brady, I think they'll be just
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's uh – I gotta get your thoughts on that play. What was going through your mind when you saw the throwback, the slip, and then the interception?
1: Uh, you know, I saw Super Bowl 52. Oh, oh yeah. You know, uh, uh, <laughs> against the Eagles. Look, I mean, keep keep calling if you if you're playing the Bucks keep calling throws to Tom Brady. Do it. Yeah. Like keep going down that road. Because it never works out. I love Tom. He's a good quarterback, not a good athlete. And those are very important distinctions, (laughs) right? He's the goat of all time when it comes to playing QB. When it it comes to being a a three-syllable term, athlete, Mm -hmm. not him. him. Uh, I I, I give him credit, by the way, for the very sly sort of like, oh, I fell down. I'm going to trip this guy which they didn't call a penalty on, which they should have. But I I respect it because he knows what he is. Look, I I live by two rules in my life. Number one, know who you are. And perhaps (laughs) more importantly, number two, know who you're not. And Tom knows who he's not. And that was very evident on that play when they tried to throw it to him from Leonard Fournette.
0: Yeah. I thought <laughs> I, it's so funny. You brought us through with you. I, cause we, we talk about like, is Tom, is Tom, <laughs> did, did he come out of retirement this year because he has like unfinished business? And now I'm starting to wonder, is him catching a pass his unfinished business tray? Is this like, it's, we're going to just keep trying this until I eventually yeah. get one that I'm calling the quits.
1: It makes more sense than anything else. That unfinished business thing. I was like, when he came out and said <laughs> unfinished business, I'm like, wait a minute. You have more Super Bowl appearances and more Super Bowl rings than anybody in the history of the NFL. It's not unfinished business. You just want more business. That's it. And and potentially the idea of him actually catching a pass may be the business that he's talking about. But it's not about anything else because anything else can be absolutely just eradicated by I don't know facts. So yeah, those pesky you know, things. Yeah, those those incredible things that are called knowledge. and what you should understand. So uh, if if it makes more sense to me, Brett, now that you say it, that he came back to catch a pass more than anything else.
0: Yeah, well, that's what it's looked like so far this season. We'll see what happens. Like you said, they probably have a great shot at the playoffs. Although I would say we both probably feel we don't maybe see this as uh, Tom Brady's uh, Super Bowl swan song this year. By
1: rule, by
0: rule, <laughs> one
1: team from the NFL South, NFC South, has to make the playoffs. Yes. It's, it's a be, rule.
0: It will be forced on us whether we like it or not. Correct. Yeah. Um, okay, let's uh, let's move on to our second team here, and this is a team that um, is is been fascinating this season, and that's the Miami Dolphins. A lot of conversation about Tua, uh, Tonga Bailoa, A lot of conversation about the team themselves. Uh, Trey, an interesting stat from the time Tua has come back compared to when Teddy Bridgewater and, and Skylar Thompson uh, were, uh, were quarterbacking the team after the concussion situation. They've seen their points per game jump up 80% with Tua back at the quarterback position. But let me ask you this. Is it enough for you to believe in them as a contender? Are there still doubts or do we still need to see more?
1: Well, it's a very interesting question. And there's a lot to get into there here. Here's what I'll say. When Tua starts and finishes a game, the Dolphins have yet to lose a game this season. So that's a pretty good start, right? When he plays and he starts and he finishes the game, they have not lost. All their losses have come from the Skylar Thompson, Teddy Bridgewater combination. By the way, Skylar Thompson to River Craycraft, is that what it is? (laughs) is River Craycraft? The most millennial Gen Z thing ever. (laughs) (laughs) Skylar Thompson to River Craycraft. Um, Look, two has been great. He's been awesome. Three straight games, uh, 300 yards passing, three touchdowns, no interceptions, 70% completion percentage. Absolutely amazing. But at the end of the day, if you're asking me which team do I believe in more, I'm going to believe in Buffalo because I have the receipts. Hmm. I've seen that going forward. By the way, this weekend could be incredible for the Buffalo Bills. I've seen anywhere projections from 48 to 72 inches of lake effect snow. It's crazy, right? From Thursday into Sunday afternoon. The NFL has moved games before because of this scenario. In 2010, because of a blizzard in Philadelphia, they moved the uh, uh, an Eagles game to a Tuesday night scenario. In 2017, because of an ice storm, they changed a playoff game between the Chiefs and Steelers from a 105 start to an 805 start. I hope they don't move this game at all. <laughs> I would. I, I want to see Josh Allen and Von Miller. And Nate Davis and Stefan Diggs and Devin Singletary and Dawson Knox competing in like ridiculous snow totals. Now the field's going to be clear but, uh, unless it's snowing during the game. And by the way, all projections are that the snow will stop before the game begins oh, okay. at 105 Eastern. Okay. That That's, well look, weathermen are like, lottery tickets. Hey, if it rains or snows, we don't care. We can still keep our job. Best job we're security wrong. in the world. Right? We're jo- We're wrong 70% of the time, but we get to get cash in those checks. So, I am 100% here for an incredible snow game. By the way, just so people understand, the last time there was a crazy snow game in uh, in Buffalo, you know who the quarterback was for the opposing team? Hmm, I... I don't I, I want to say was Jacoby uh, Brissett. Oh, OK. Oh, well, who's OK. And uh, and and he's expected because Deshaun Watson's suspension is going to end next week and he can right. start practicing this week. But Jacoby Brissett is going to be a quarterback uh, for uh, the Cleveland Browns in this game. And a lot of people have asked me, hey, in that scenario, who does it favor? I want to be clear. If it's six feet of snow, it favors no one, right? <laughs> there's, there's no. Oh, give me the give me the six feet of snow data to decide who is better favored in this game. All that being said, the Bills live and die with Josh Allen either throwing or running the ball. They're outside of Josh, their rushing game is terrible. Yeah, obviously with Nick Chubb, that's what the Cleveland Browns want to do. So, I six feet of snow favors no one but if you're the browns you like this idea because you can just shove it up there with with uh Nick Chubb so i think potentially it might be a slight edge uh to the browns but that all depends on when the snow stops if it's yeah. if the snow stops before the game and they can clear the field it's irrelevant but if it snows during the entire game which we've seen before in buffalo on several different occasions then who the hell knows <laughs> not us that's for sure but
0: what what i what i'm interested in here trey is buffalo you know having lost to the jets uh losing in in dramatic fashion to the vikings this past week the dolphins keep humming along they're coming off a, a huge win against these same cleveland browns um is there an opportunity for miami to uh to steal a couple games here and maybe win this division is that possible, or do we still believe the Bills strongly enough that
1: this is still their division to lose? Look, it's extremely possible. If you look at the if if you look at the Bills' losses, and they have three, two of them are in the inside the division, right? They lost to the Jets, they lost to uh, the Vikings, and then they lost to the Dolphins in a game that makes made no sense at the time. I, I think the Bills ran ninety plays in that game. Right, 90 plus plays in that game in Miami and still find a way to lose. Yep. <laughs> the, the, like I, I want to be clear about this when we talk about Josh Allen and the Bills, because I was all in on the controversial opinion last year when the Chiefs were three and four and they were turning it over all the time that they were going to be fine. And turned out to be correct because they hosted the NFC champ at the AFC championship game for a fourth straight year. Uh, they they were just turning the ball over at an alarming rate, and and you know there were all hot all these hot takes. Oh, Andy Reid doesn't know what he's doing. Uh, the the league has figured out Patrick Mahomes. Okay, sure. Uh, and you know all this ridiculous stuff that was just gas bagging, bloviating nonsense. So I want to be hundred percent clear when I say this: Josh Allen has played two. Two and a half bad games. Right. First quarter against the Packers, they scored in their first four drives or five drives, I can't remember what it was. And then they kind of played with their food for the second half of that game. And in the last two games, Josh Allen has thrown four red, four red zone interceptions and couldn't execute a quarterback sneak backed up inside the one-yard line. Yep. So those are bad. I am not out on Josh Allen at all. Josh okay. Allen is still Josh freaking Allen. He's an alien. <laughs> he is big, large, and uh, and and incredibly accurate for the most part. You know, he's going to be – I'm sure he's sick, having seen this already. Uh, that second end zone interception to Patrick Peterson against the Vikings, which sealed the game, he had Devin Singletary wide open. In the oh. Mm-hmm. Like wide-ass open. Devin would have either gotten the first down on second and 10 or probably scored, and that would have been a Bills win. Instead, he decided to sling it into the end zone and Patrick Peterson undercut the wide receiver and picked him off for a second time in the end zone. And that, that, that sealed the game. So Josh Allen is going to be fine because he's still really, really good. Just going through some stuff right now. I mean, like everybody does it. The Eagles lost a game to the commanders where they got their asses kicked. Like they got their asses kicked. It wasn't close. The, the commanders had the time of possession for over 40 minutes, which is a interesting way of saying the Eagles didn't have it for 20 minutes. Yeah. Okay. I mean, they turned it over four times. Uh, You know, they were out, they, the plays were 81 to 47. They had seven more first downs. Washington did. Uh, They had 67 more total yards. So there's going to be a game every once in a while where you screw it up, where you lay an egg. Uh, Josh Allen needs to figure out how we avoid doing that. Look, the the bigger issue for Buffalo for me is: are they going to do the same thing they did last year? For those that don't remember, last year they waltzed into Kansas City and beat the Chiefs. I think on a Sunday night game, thirty-eight to twenty. I mean, they beat them by eighteen points. Yeah. And then they proceeded to lose five of their next eight games. This year, they walked into Kansas City and won by four, to 24-20, when Von Miller created a second turnover, an interception from Mahomes that ended the game. And since that game in Kansas City, they're one and two. The Bills have a mental issue they need to get through.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It feels like the last two seasons, when they beat Kansas City and Kansas City, they feel like, we're good.
0: It's all yeah. over.
1: We're done. We're good. Yeah. We got it. Home field advantage. Um, and then they spit the bit, for lack of a better term. They have to avoid spitting the bit going forward. And this game against the Browns Sunday, I think is a real litmus test for who Buffalo is going to be. The weather is going to be awful, but if you're in Buffalo, you you need to understand that. So the question then becomes, are they going to do the same thing they did last year after beating Kansas City? Are they going to learn from that situation? And I get it. The injuries are a problem. Like Jordan Poyer is out. Uh, Micah Hyde, still is not ready to play uh Tradavius White I don't believe yet has been activated uh going forward
0: no, still just practicing
1: still just practicing from the ACL a year ago they have some things they got to work through but there's plenty of talent on that team to find a way to get it done and they need to figure out a way to sort of grit out some wins yeah like they've had massive blowouts whether it was Pittsburgh Tennessee whatever they've kicked people's asses. But at the end of the day at the NFL, if you if you want to be the number one seed and you want that game in Buffalo, which right now, by the way, just so people understand, uh, that loss on Sunday moved the Bills from the one seed to the sixth seed. To Huge. the sixth seed. Yep. Kansas City may lose one game the rest of the year. One game the rest of the year because of their schedule. They've already played the hardest part of their schedule. Uh so the Buffalo Bills need to need to suck it up and find a way to grit out some wins.
0: Yeah. Well, look, another another uh, game you mentioned um, where we can see some some things happen is the the Eagles and commanders. We talked about it at the top of the show. The commanders of the third team I want to ask you about, Trey. They are back at 500. Okay, they are now in in a very, you know, closely was become a close NFC East. Do you now believe in the Taylor T-A-Y-L-O-R Taylor Heineke led Washington commanders um, or? Do you have doubts about them still, or do we need to see more now that they have uh, upset the Philadelphia Eagles?
1: Um, I need to see more. Okay. Look, I love Taylor Heineke. I love the story. I just taped an episode of half forgotten history. My podcast, Trey Winkle presents with Josh McCown. And I asked him, I said, is there a guy in the NFL that sort of resembles your career? And he mentioned Taylor Heineke, which is what I was hoping he would say. Um, you know, St. Louis Battlehawk, backup quarterback in the in the XFL, cut by four different teams. Like, I root for those guys. You want those guys to succeed. The NFC East is what the AFC West is what we, we thought. Like, the NFC East is what we thought the AFC West was going to be. The AFC West is now a cakewalk for Kansas City, especially if they take care of the uh, Chargers on Sunday night, which I believe they will do fairly easily. But – you know, there's not a team with a losing record now in the NFC East. And uh, I'm, I'm, I am I'm I think that this division will cannibalize itself at some point in December and early January, the first two weeks of January, which is, are the last two weeks of the regular season. But right now, their winning percentage through 10, se- 10 weeks of the season is historically incredible, even with the Cowboys' loss to the Packers. Um, this NFC East is really, really competitive. Taylor Heineke, there's a different spark with him. Like Carson Wentz is eligible to come back this week off his injury. There's no chance. They've already said Taylor Heineke is is going to start this weekend for the commanders because the team, there's an energy. There's just a different feel with them with Heineke as opposed to uh, uh, Carson Wentz, even though you did not like his celebration (laughs) by drawing the – (laughs) <laughs> the roughing and personal foul penalty from Brandon Graham late in the game, which sealed the win. Um, th- they, there's just a spark there, and you have to acknowledge that. So yeah. I'm I'm not out on the Washington Commanders, but I'm not 100% in yet because of the division they play in. Like, for the Commanders to make the playoffs, that would mean four teams from the NFC East would make the postseason. Yeah, as a stand Which, is nev- which has never happened before. Let me be clear. Yeah. Is it possible? Yes. Is it likely? Probably not. Because as you said earlier, they're all gonna play each other in December. And that's probably gonna cancel out some people.
0: Yeah. Look, it was a it was a it was a great victory. And I I couldn't agree with you more, Trey. It's a different feel watching that team with Taylor Hyde back there. Um, and, you know, whenever a guy gives a team a spark, we've seen teams go on runs before that were improbable. But like you said, there, there's so much going against them in terms of making it to the postseason. I think I think like you do, they're going to remain competitive, be very competitive, nope. make it hard for the rest of those teams in, in, in the NFC East. Um, but ultimately, you know, there's only so much uh, room there for, for teams to get in. I just don't think they're going to make the cut. But uh, we, we will see. Trey, I want to I want to move on to our our second segment because it's sort of intertwined intertwined with everything we've talked about so far. We mentioned the Dallas Cowboys' effect on the NFC East. We've talked about the Packers a little bit um, and, and where they've gone, and that game that that pack that Packers' victory over the Cowboys and what that means for the NFC East. Trey, you know better than anybody because you're such a uh, you're basically like one of the best historians out there regarding the NFL. What is it about green Bay that is th- this monolithic uh, barrier for the Dallas
1: Cowboys success? Wow. That, that's a lot to get into. I'm not really sure what you're asking me there. Um, <laughs> this monolithic success for the green Bay Packers over the Dallas Cowboys. You're right. The, the, the Packers have had their way with Dallas, but um, I'm not in on the Dallas, on the uh, Green Bay Packers making the postseason right now. I think oh, they're okay. ninth. I think they're ninth in the NFC standings, if I'm not correct. Is is that accurate? I think they're ninth. I believe in the NFC standings. It. But here, here's let me let me look this up real quickly because I've done this a couple of times, so I want to make sure I'm correct. Here's what I want to say about the Green Bay Packers. Uh, I you know I had a lot of people tell me, oh, they saved their season. Uh, with that win over the Dallas Cowboys. By the way, first time in the Cowboys history that they've been up 14 to nothing in in the fourth quarter in regular season or the postseason and lost. They've yeah. been 195 and zero. That's wild. And by the way, you that- are
0: correct. Uh the Packers are ninth in the standings.
1: Yeah. So let's take a look at the Green Bay Packers schedule, right? Let's let's just let's just do that. Um because I, I think that their biggest issue is who they have to play. All right. First of all, they okay. got Thursday night against the Tennessee Titans. Right. They are 26th against the run, giving up 140 and a half yards per game. They are 28th against the run in terms of yards per carry, 4.8. That sounds like a really good recipe for Derrick Henry, right? If you have <laughs> he Derrick Henry, and you're, you're facing a team that gives up 140 yards plus per game on the ground and almost five yards a carry, that's yeah. a problem, okay? So now let's take a look at the Packers' schedule, all right? So they save their season potentially, according to some, as the ninth, as currently the ninth seed with one of the Cowboys in overtime. They play the Tennessee Titans, a very losable game for them. Then they play Philadelphia, very losable game for them. Then they play Chicago, and the Bears have suddenly found who their quarterback is. More importantly, importantly, Matt Eberfluss has found a way to exploit Justin Herbert's, uh, uh, Justin Fields, excuse me, Justin Fields' skill set. So after that, they have a bye week. Then they play the Rams, and the Rams are a mess. Super Bowl seems like a long time ago for (laughs) the But here are their last three games of the season: Green Bay, Miami, Oh. Minnesota and Detroit. Now, if you're the nine seed,
0: Detroit, who they've the, already
1: lost to, right, Trey? Correct, exactly. In Detroit. Yeah. So if you're the, if you're the nine seed right now, and only seven make the postseason, and you got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven games left, you have to say to yourself, we have to win five, maybe four of those games. Where are their four wins? Are they getting four wins against Tennessee, Philadelphia, Chicago, the Rams, Miami, Minnesota, and Detroit? I don't see it. I don't know. I don't see it the way things are going. I just don't see it. So, yeah, it, is it possible? But that's a murderer's row schedule for the Green Bay Packers, and we'll see how they respond. Look, Watson was incredible—three touchdown catches. Yeah. I don't think you're gonna. I don't think you're gonna rely on that every week. So, uh, as, as optimistic as people want to be for Green Bay, because of the win over the Cowboys when they came down. They came back from 14 points uh, down, not once, but twice, including the fourth quarter. Their schedule is the biggest concern for me.
0: Yeah. I think because of how poor they've been offensively all season, we see this 31 point showing and we get nostalgic for the yesteryear years
1: of uh, Aaron Rodgers Rodgers. doing this and all that (laughs) kind of stuff. Like, but there's a reason they've lost five games in a row.
0: Trey, that, I mean, those 31 points, that's the most, most they've scored all season. That's the that's the first time all year they've put up four or more touchdowns in a game. So the question exactly. is, like, is that something that you can rely on to come, or is that the outlier
1: that it so far is this year? And it seems like it's definitely an outlier. I would agree. And, look, if you're the Packers, you're like, oh, Watson has finally sort of blossomed into the player we thought he was. Remember, first play from scrimmage in the, in the Packers' season in that game in Minnesota – the first time they had the ball on offense, Rodgers threw it to Watson for what should have been a 75-yard touchdown. And he just dropped the pass. Yeah. And he had a couple of great catches. But at the end of the day, if you're asking me realistically, just looking at how they've played and what their schedule is, I don't see four to five wins down the down the stretch of the regular season. Like people are like, oh, they have the tiebreaker over Dallas. Well, Dallas is six and three. You're four and six. That's a three-game swing. You're going yeah. to have to be three games better than the Dallas Cowboys to even through the come rest to of the season to get into the postseason to make that game matter. Yeah. I just don't see the Packers being three games better than Dallas going forward.
0: So, but what? So, what does that say about Dallas, though? Is this something? On the converse, we're saying this is not something to be overly optimistic about for the Green Bay Packers. Is this a cause for concern for the Dallas Cowboys?
1: Yes. Oh, yes, okay. because Mike McCarthy is your head coach. Yeah. Right, <laughs> yeah. like we just talked about the problems with the Packers defense. Right, twenty sixth against in yards per game against the ground, twenty eighth in yards per carry, and the Cowboys threw it forty eight times. What the hell is that? Like, what the hell is that? Athletics. You have Tony Pollard, who, by the way, before this game, uh, this past Sunday, when Pollard had at least fifteen touchdowns, uh, 15, excuse me, fifteen carries. The Cowboys were 8-0 and they averaged 37 points per game and they decided to to throw it 48 times. What the yeah. hell is that? Man. And oh by the way in overtime, I think the ball was on like the what the 38 39 yard line on fourth and 4 oh. and they decided to, decided to go for it. Yeah. Either kick a field goal or punt it. Like, you know what's better than a loss? A tie. A tie is better than a loss. Yeah. Uh the fact that Mike McCarthy slash Kellen Moore decided to go for it in that scenario. Fourth, it wasn't fourth and one. It wasn't fourth and two. It wasn't fourth and inches. It was fourth and four.
0: Like, you know what that felt like to me, Trey? That felt like an identity crisis for Mike yeah. McCarthy, who has been labeled Agreed. as this conservative sort of by the book, you know, guy yeah. with no, no personality as a coach. And it felt like, you know what? Because everyone says that about me, I'm going to do the
1: opposite here. But it's yeah. like,
0: dude, that's not how it works. <laughs> that's not
1: Play they the numbers. Work. Either either attempt the field goal or punt it. Those yep. both of those were better options than fourth and four from the what 38, 39 yard line in a cold game. Yep. Up up in Green Bay. So yeah. Um I I look, I don't believe in Green Bay yet. And I and I'm still a little out on Dallas because of those kind of situations that they find themselves in.
0: Yeah, so we'll see. We'll see how that plays out. Uh, you did talk about you know Green Bay's schedule, and as you guys know, Thursday uh, we're going to see them play the Tennessee Titans at home. I mentioned at the top, my Pro Football Network article uh, will be coming out tomorrow, previewing that game using my sports betting model. And if you like that article and you want to place a bet, I believe there is a Trey Wingo super bet, a super boost. Uh, which could be a super bet for you if you place it. Um, over at Caesars Sportsbooks. And that wow, you're uh, good. You're good. I haven't even posted uh, that yet. You're good, bro. Thanks, man. It's uh Derrick Henry rushing for a touchdown and Aaron Rodgers over one and a half passing touchdowns uh, in tomorrow night's game. You can get those at plus two seventy odds. I should say that uh, I have taken the Trey Wingo super boost quite often this season, I've hit it each time. Um, you should read my article tomorrow, see uh, see how you feel about that. But uh, make sure you go do that over at Caesars Sportsbook. And if you do, and it's your first wager over at Caesars, you're going to get 100% of your stake back as a free bet. And you can do that up to $1,250. Win or lose, you'll also get 1,000 reward credits and 1,000 tier credits only available to you at Caesars Sportsbook. So redeem this offer, the promo code is in the comments on Twitter, on Facebook, on LinkedIn, on YouTube, on Twitch where we are streaming everywhere. Okay, the promo code's there, it's PFN CZR. P F N C Z R. There you go. CZR. That's your promo code. Okay, and again, that's for the Trey Wingo Super Boost exclusively at Caesar Sportsbook, the good folks over there. Um Okay, Trey, it's uh it's that time of the show where we get to bring it back to our favorite days of video game playing and it's our super mm. smash QB matchup of the- we have two go. of them. We've got two Love of them. It. Let's see what the first one is. Throw it up there, Brian. All right, Trey, it's uh, Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert, a matchup that we talked about a lot as the AFC West seemed to reload going into this season. Now, the the Chiefs have been who they are. They've been as impressive as they always are. We haven't talked a lot about the Chargers, but, Trey, by no means are they out of it. What are your thoughts on this matchup?
1: They're not out of it. But this might be the game that puts them out of it. Uh, It's at SoFi. SoFi. By the way, for those that have a short memory or do not remember, maybe the game of the year in the regular season last year—that game went to overtime—and um, Mahomes hit Travis Kelsey on an unbelievable play that ended that game, and the Chiefs went on to win. How do I how do I sum this up without sounding ridiculous? Here's what I'm going to say. <laughs> um, look, the the numbers are what the numbers are. Okay. Patrick Mahomes has played less games than his two closest competitors, and he has well over 100 more yards throwing and five more touchdown passes than anybody. That's just a fact. Let's add in a couple of other things. Patrick Mahomes is now 24-0 in games uh, played in November and December to end the regular season. Patrick Mahomes is now 18 and 1 in games over the last three seasons after the Chiefs bye week. Uh, he is uh, 21 and 3 in his career, but 18 and 1 in the last three seasons, the only loss in Cincinnati in January. Uh, Patrick Mahomes has never, I, I want to repeat this, never as a starting quarterback for the Chiefs lost a road division game. He's 13 and 0 to put that in perspective the only longer streak for someone in the history of the NFL is Joe Montana who won 20 straight road division games and this is when you know the Falcons were in the NFC West even though they were on the basically the east coast <laughs> so th- these are these are the things that uh, that are daunting for the Chargers the Chiefs have won 8 straight road games against the Chargers which predates uh, all their situations. And Justin Herbert is getting healthy. He's getting much healthier after that week two loss at Arrowhead. The problem is the rest of the team isn't. Mm. Um, and the Chiefs are pretty healthy. Now, we don't know what's going on with Miko, excuse me, with a Juju Smith-Schuster after the concussion protocol. Yep. But I've said it before, and I'll say it again. The pickup of Kadarius Toney is, is so good. It's so good. It's the ultimate Brett Veach move. Absolutely, like he was a first round pick a couple of years ago, which is a fancy way of saying he is potentially under contract for the next three seasons for Kansas City as a first round draft pick. And you saw him in that game against the Jaguars, the touchdown where he was wide open. By the way, that play where Kadarius Tony scored on that touchdown catch in the game against Kansas City is one of my favorite plays of the entire season because. They the, the Chiefs slow played it. Like the whole point was to get Kadarius Tony wide open in the flat, right? Yep. So you 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 he runs the jet sweep, and and Patrick fakes the handoff to him or the shovel pass to him, and then he sort of waits for like four or five seconds looking for someone, and Tony is just wide ass open on the sidelines, and he's like, oh wait, yeah, they haven't figured out, boom, go, <laughs> and they throw it to him and he hops into the end zone on one foot because he didn't want to step out of bounds. Let's take it one step further. In that game, there were touchdown passes thrown to Kadarius Tony, Travis Kelsey, Noah Gray, and Marquez Valdez-Scantling. Outside of Travis Kelsey, that was the first touchdown pass of the season thrown to Gray, Kadarius Tony, and Marquez Valdez-Scantling. Like, the Chiefs could have won that game against the Jaguars by any number they wanted to. Uh, outside of a Pacheco in a uh, fumble inside the red zone and a Harrison Butker missed extra point, they were gonna score 35-30. That game should have been 35 to 10, and it ended up being 27 to 17. They won. Patrick Mahomes has thrown touchdown passes to 10 different wide receivers. 10. That's the mm-hmm. best in the NFL. And I know people get tired of hearing about this, but I don't, I do not care. Don't care because. <laughs> You either recognize greatness or you don't. Yeah. And and that's your choice. But you can be upset about it, and you can be mad that he's doing it, and you can hate it because you don't like the Chiefs. That doesn't mean it's not freaking awesome. Okay? In that game Sunday when he threw the touchdown pass to Kelsey, or maybe it was Noah Gray. I think it was Noah Gray. He set the record for most touchdown passes by any quarterback in their first 75 games. There's a caveat. Here's where, here's where I tell you he did it in 72 games. Okay? <laughs> yep. So he's thrown the most touchdown passes for any quarterback in 75 games in his first 72. He's thrown the most passing yards for any quarterback in their first 75 games. He did it in 71. Okay? Like he's an alien unicorn that poops Sherbert ice cream. That's who he is. <laughs> and all these other guys. And like Burrow is great. Yeah. Burrow is great. Herbert is great. Allen is great. Tua is great. Let me ask you a question. Sure. Would any of those quarterbacks, any one of them, say, I'll trade my receivers that I work with for the receivers Patrick Mahomes work with? Would any of them say yes to that situation?
0: N- not at all. But, and that had been the thing, Trey, right? Because people would say, oh, he's throwing a Tyreek Hill. He's throwing the, you know, Travis Kelce. He's throwing whatever. Well, we took Tyreek Hill out of there. And Tyreek Hill is about he's p- probably going to set wide receiver Blowing up. He, he is
1: blowing up. Yeah. He's insane with what he's done. Yep. There's not a single quarterback that would say, take Higgins, Chase, and Boyd. Take uh, Tua. Take, I mean, me, Take Waddle and Tyreek. Uh, take uh, Diggs and Davis, and I'll take Valdez, Scantling, <laughs> Juju, Miko Hardman, Sky Moore, and Kadarius Tony. No one would make that trade. Yeah. No one would make that trade. Yet, despite all of that, despite losing Tyreek Hill, who's the number one scoring offense in the NFL?
0: That would be the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Okay. It's look, people don't like it and they want to move off from it, don't care. Yeah, he's that guy. Like everyone says, I'm him. You who doesn't say I'm him, Patrick Mahomes, you know why mm-hmm. he doesn't need to say I'm him because his play dictates that he's him.
0: Yeah, uh, well said, by the way, uh, over at uh, Underdog, after hearing all the things that Trey just gave us, all that information, you want to go uh, have some fun with it in their fantasy pick 'em game. All right, you can get Patrick Mahomes higher or lower, 339.5 yards. Underdog thinks he's going to have a massive
1: game on Sunday night. Uh, can and I be clear go- about something real quick? Yeah. When you say, and God bless the folks at Underdog, when they say 339 yards per game, going to be a massive game, that's literally... An average game for Patrick Mahomes.
0: Oh, and, and, that's, and, and that's, as you know, being. You that's uh, literally an team, average game.
1: He's the only quarterback that, yeah. in NFL history that has averaged over 300 yards passing per game in his career. Yeah. This year he's averaging 325. So I get it. 339. Okay. 14 yards more. That's it. That's uh, what he does. That's Justin he
0: Herbert, by the way, by comparison, a uh, higher or lower 272.5 yards. So Just a little bit lower than that. And Uh, Herbert's
1: great, but the entire team is banged up. They are so banged up. Yeah,
0: two straight games without Williams uh, and Allen. They both are back doing individual drills this week, but who knows how healthy they'll be. So we'll see. Uh, Trey, we do have one more underdog Super Smash QB matchup of the week. Hit it. Let's uh, see what it is. Trey, this is an interesting matchup to me because all season you and I have talked about it a lot about the Minnesota Vikings. Are they true yeah. contenders? Do we believe in yes, them? Well, they, they are. finally beat a good team, right? And they're playing another one this Sunday. Uh, let's talk about it, Trey. Give me the, give me your thoughts on this matchup.
1: Um, first of all, uh, we're in the middle of a four-game stretch that will decide the Vikings season, right? They they go into Buffalo, game of the year, come out with that win. Then they got to play the Cowboys, and after that, I think they'll play the Jets and the Patriots. The next four, next three games. So they're mm-hmm. they're in the middle of four straight uh, games against teams with winning winning records. Um, weirdly, they're a one point underdog at home against the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, let's see your sports book. Uh, but why is that? Well, the Cowboys won four straight games, or four of the last five, uh, against Minnesota. Um, and they've won three straight games in Minnesota, including last season when Cooper Rush stepped up. Before Cooper Rush became everybody's favorite this year, when Dak was down, yeah, uh, they won a game last year in Minnesota. In fact, the last time the Vikings, uh, the last time the Vikings won a game against the Cowboys in Minnesota, you know what the starting quarterbacks were in that game? Take a guess. Who's that? Tony Romo and Brett Favre. Wow, throwback. Randy Moss had five catches for 55 yards. It was a game in 2010. So, for whatever reason, the Cowboys have owned this matchup recently and they've won the last three games, not only the last four of the last five, but they won the last three games in Minnesota uh, by a combined score of nine points. They've been close. Yeah. Um, but this feels like it might be Minnesota's day and it might be Minnesota's game. Yeah. Uh, the Vikings have won seven straight games by one score. Uh, that ties an NFL record set by the Chiefs in 2020 when they also won seven straight games by one score uh, on their way to the Super Bowl 55, the second of their two straight Super Bowls. So, look, Minnesota has has really, really been amazing. And sleep on Kirk Cousins all you want. And everybody loves Tyreek, right? Everybody loves Tyreek Hill, right? We love Tyreek Hill. Yes, sure. Justin Jefferson has more yards per game and more yards per catch than Tyreek Hill this year, Mm -hmm. with one less game, by the way. Mm-hmm. I think he's 88 yards shy of Tyreek with one less game played. So basically, in terms of the games that they played, he's he's been more dominant than Tyreek Hill has. Everybody is just loving Tyreek Hill because of the Tua-Jalen Waddell story. Justin Jefferson is that guy. And, oh, yeah. by the way, with one less game, he also has the same number of touchdowns as Tyreek Hill, four. So Justin Jefferson is averaging more yards per game. I think it's one – 15.8 to 114.8. It's very slim and, and more yards per catch uh, than Tyreek Hill and has the same number of touchdowns in one less game played. Like Justin Jefferson is a ridiculous player this year. And that catch on fourth and 18, oh, catch let, of the year, not yeah. close, not, not a debate, close. not an opinion. For sure. It's just a fact. And, and like, I get it because Tyreek played in Kansas City and he made those comments in the offseason that two is the most accurate quarterback ever. Okay, you know, and all that kind of stuff. Justin Jefferson, by almost every discernible statistical data point, is having a better season than Tyreek Hill is.
0: Yeah, look, you you can... And open... I know,
1: wait, real quickly, I know yeah. and on, and the Miami fans are going to come <laughs> after me for that. I'm just doing the data, bro. Like, look at the numbers. Yeah, you can have whatever opinion you want. Just look at the numbers and tell me I'm wrong because you can't.
0: First of all, if I know anything about Tua non, anything that you can knock down to make Tua seem better, they're gonna love. So they'll probably love you for this. Yeah. Um, but regarding Justin Jefferson, what what I saw in that game, Trey, against the Bills was kind of like what we talk about, Cooper Cup. It's like you got there's one guy on that team you gotta be aware of. There's one guy, it's Justin Jefferson. Fourth and 18, 3rd and ten, double. Fourth covered. and eighteen, by the way. Fourth and eight yeah. fucking team. It it just it doesn't matter. You get you yeah. get the ball in his vicinity, he's gonna come down with it. Um, and he's the one guy, and yet he's still finding a way to do it. He doesn't have a Jalen Waddle on the other side of him. Um, so just well, really, really
1: pretty damn good, but Yeah, he's, right, he's, he's not, not but he's not, it's, not it's a different. Yeah, he's not Waddle.
0: And um, you know, on on the side of the Cowboys here, they are coming off a tough, a, a tough, a tough loss against the Green Bay Packers. And everything you said about Mike McCarthy being their coach, the decision making, coaching them out of victories. This is a game that we're, where you can see that come to fruition back to back in the NFC North for the Dallas Cowboys.
1: Yeah, exactly. This is a game I think that will decide whether or not the Cowboys are going to be actual contenders in the NFC East. Yeah, they might get into the playoffs. They have an opportunity because they still they still they've won on the road against the Giants, which Mm -hmm. means the Giants have to come to them. They lost to Philadelphia in Philadelphia, which means the Eagles have to come to them. If they find a way to win this game, they are legitimate contenders for the NFC East. Yeah. And by the way, just so people understand how rare that is, no team has repeated as NFC East champs in 18 years. Yeah, that's the insane. last team. The last yeah, the last team to do it was the Eagles who won it four straight years from 2000 to 2004. Since then we've literally had a different team every other year control the NFC East and take that crown. Yeah. So this is a very important game for the Cowboys to keep that hope alive of repeating as NFC East champs.
0: Yeah, we'll see how it goes. This is the second straight week. The Vikings are involved in a game where contenders can be named and crowned. Uh, they themselves against the Bills. And then the Cowboys, if they can get over the Minnesota hump. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, Trey, before we end the show here, we do have a, uh, first of all, a big shout out to our guy, uh, DJ Dirty J. Um, you know, again, always here. Love DJ Dirty, Dirty, Dirty J. Uh, how ironic is it uh, that Jalen Rager, is on the Vikings roster. Jalen Rager was like the bust of the year, and I know Jalen uh, from all the work I've done at TCU when he was with the Horn Frogs. There, um, great athlete has obviously obviously struggled with the Eagles. He's in Minnesota. They use him as a decoy. It set up some touchdowns for other players. Uh, interesting to see how he's doing there in Minnesota.
1: Yeah, look, and I want to be clear about this. Like everyone will say, oh, they the the Eagles should have taken Justin Jefferson when they took Jalen Rager. It's not a obvious right but i will tell you from that 2020 draft there was nobody that was rising higher on draft boards going into that draft than jalen rager right so it, it wasn't like uh it wasn't like the eagles were like this crazy thought process out on a limb but like the like the bucks when they took the kicker out of florida state uh aguayo who turned into a <laughs> no when it was all said and done and they moved yeah. up to take him like it's it's one thing for you to be a bust. It's another thing for the data to be wrong. Yeah, and nobody was out. Nobody was out on Jalen Rager yeah. going into the twenty twenty draft. No Everyone fact. was like, "Yeah, Justin Jefferson's good, but Jamar Chase is probably the better player." And right now, Je- uh, Justin Jefferson uh, has has uh, set the record for the most. Uh, Hundred yard touchdown, hundred yard passing. Or, I'm sorry, hundred yard receiving games mm-hmm. in NFL history in their first three seasons with twenty. Uh, you know, he has more than breaking the tie. He that was uh, a shared by Odell Beckham Jr. and Randy Moss. So uh, the, Jail, the Jalen Ra- yeah, the Jalen Rager thing is interesting. But I got to tell you, nobody was thinking in the 2020 draft that Rager would be what he is, and Jefferson would be what he is. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Uh, we do have one more question from uh, Justin Heyer. Uh Justin asks, question for the show. The Cardinals got back on track last week, but they're still – Did they? Six. Did well, they? He says, if they miss the playoffs, will or should Cliff Kingsbury be sticking around,
1: Trey? I'm not a big fire coaches guy. You're not. This is true. That. Cliff Kingsbury never should have gotten the job in the first place. He had a losing record at Texas Tech look it up he had a losing record at Texas Tech he was on his way to be the offensive coordinator for USC and he was gifted and blessed
0: just say that say that again though he was on his way not to be the head coach at USC no but... the
1: offensive coordinator at USC yes after yeah. being fired at Texas Tech for wait what was that a losing record that's right okay so he never should have gotten the job in the first place and now uh he's floundering uh they're not going to make the playoffs. Just be 100% clear. They're not going to make the playoffs. And the only reason that Kyler Murray was the number one overall pick in the 2019 draft is because that Cliff Kingsbury missed out on Kyler Murray not once but twice. Yeah. In in terms of coaching and postseason and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, Cliff Kingsbury is probably going to get fired at the end of the year. Not an advocate of coaches getting fired because I understand the the permutations. It's not only about the coach because usually the head coach is going to be fine. He's got millions of dollars. He'll find oh, that's the assistance. It's the assistance and their families that go through that torture. Yep, absolutely. But Cliff never should have gotten the job in the first place. And he's probably going to be out of the job when it's all said and done in the end of the 2022 season.
0: Yeah. uh, I happen to agree with you. Uh, I got nothing to add there. So uh, that's a great place to wrap up this 11th episode. We've been coming at you 11 weeks in a row with football insiders, myself and the great Trey Wingo. We will be back next Wednesday at 8
1: PM Eastern standard time. By the way, next week is the week before Thanksgiving. Like it's the Wednesday before Thanksgiving. Does it not feel like Thanksgiving is coming way too early this year?
0: it's coming early it's coming fast and then as soon as it comes we'll be saying this exact same thing about christmas and the, and the rest of the holiday season hanukkah and all that uh yeah everything is just flying by trey but guess what we'll still yeah, be buddy. here because thanksgiving is football food and family uh, Boom. thank you just appreciate that my friend appreciate that love the shout out there um we will see you next week guys for episode 12 until then enjoy week 11 traigo super boost at caesar Sportsbook. Pickett, PFN 365. We'll see you guys next week. Stay classy, breadiverse.